Next on BYU Sports Nation, transfers on a Tuesday are topic du jour. How and why athletes are allowed to change their minds. We'll discuss the four common transfer scenarios that affect BYU athletics. Plus, BYU-Utah, one of the nation's best rivalries, even with a two-year hiatus. But why? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Let's go. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other technology tools of awesomeness. Presented by the BYU Store, your authentic, or your home for authentic BYU products. It is Tuesday, July 8th. We are one further day into summer and one day closer to an array of sports for BYU. My name is Spencer Linton, teamed up with the foremost expert on the Lou Groza Award and now the Ray Guy Award. Right, Jerem? Kickers and punters. I don't know. Lou Groza is going to be hard enough to manage <laughs> for the nation's best kicker. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerem Jordan. He knows how to break down college kickers and punters unlike any other. I do not. Wherever and however you may be joining us, certainly great to have you dialed in. Uh, the BYU-Utah rivalry lives on even when yes, the game is on a two-year hiatus. Yeah, <laughs> You know it's a good one when you can take a break and you still have raw emotion on July 8th. You better believe it. <laughs> you better believe it. Any, anything to do with BYU-Utah, like, it happens. It just incites so much passion. Uh, NFL.com, by the way, listed BYU-Utah as the 12th best college football rivalry. They'd have a series of, of articles they've released called 14 for 14 of the 2014 season, and BYU comes in at number 12 on that list of 14 rivalries, and they know that they're on a two-year hiatus. That's impressive. Yeah. BYU and Utah always make that list. It's one of the best rivalries in the country. Whether it deserves to be higher, lower, whatever, it's on the list of, like, top 15. It always is. So that brings us to today's Twitter question, yes. which is, what qualifies a rivalry as great? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Let us know. I think that geography plays a big role into that. Naturally. I think history plays a role into that. And naturally, there's some hate that goes into that. Close finishes. Competition. Yeah. What great rivalry doesn't have classic games in its history? I mean, that's why Virginia-Virginia Tech doesn't make this list. Yeah, Washington-Washington Washington State. great rivalries. Those are not great rivalries because the other has pounded the other uh, for a long time. Or... They just haven't had classic games. BYU and Utah have had some classic games. And then you have the off-the-field stuff that always makes that interesting. The religious aspect is unique to this rivalry. Wait, you're saying religion plays into this what? somehow? <laughs> Keanu Reeves is like, what? 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 We know too much. <laughs> We've gone too far. <laughs> okay, our first Double tweet. Double the action. Get down again. Get down. <laughs> our first tweet coming in at Brett Parker 6. The rivalry recipe, he says, add one part history Two parts proximity, we've talked about both of those, and polar opposite fan bases. Yep, got all those covered, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's you testing. Use the hashtag BYUSN to join our conversation 24-7, wherever, whenever. Listen to BYU Sports Nation, noon Eastern on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143. Watch the simulcast live on BYU TV. We are broadcasting in beautiful radio vision. You know what we should do right now, Jerem? Talk about sports. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Hey, let's talk transfers. First, a disclaimer. As employees of Brigham Young University, per NCAA rule, we 
BYU Sports Nation cannot mention the name of a prospective student-athlete that is pursuing a transfer until he or she officially signs or enrolls and attends class. That's how it is. What we can do is clarify some of the issues and burning questions or concerns surrounding those transfer options. And so that's what we propose to do today. For student-athletes that change their minds after initially signing at another Division I school and now want to come to BYU or they want to leave BYU and go somewhere else. We have singled out four basic transfer scenarios, and we will start with the simplest of them, and that is the JUCO transfer. For okay. example, Brian Logan. You're at a junior college. You can transfer to a Division I and play right away. Nick Steve Kurtz, Sarkeesian. Devon Blackman. Steve Sarkeesian, one of the greatest junior college transfers in BYU football history. I've got BYU with at least 14 of those on this fall's roster. You're not getting noticed, so you want to go play immediately. You play JUCO, you get noticed, recruited, move up. Okay, That's the first. Then there is the basic transfer, which is you start at one school, you change your mind for whatever reason. D1 to D1. That's what we're talking about. And it's here. Division one to Division one. yes, because if you go lower, then you can play right away. But if you go a D1 to D1, you sit out a year, and then you're cleared to play. Kyle Davis, Utah State. Basketball player. Basketball player. In his case, he was not given permission to contact, but decided to transfer to BYU anyways. So he has to sit out a year. He will not have a scholarship uh, for this year because BYU did not have one. And I think that has something to do with the permission to contact as well. Yes, that plays into it from the other school involved. Can you get a scholarship? So Stu Morrill said no to BYU. Chase Fisher, Jamal Ates, two other BYU basketball players that have now sat out a year. Michael Wadsworth, Hawaii. Football player. Uh, famous case there with Greg McMacken, Norm Chow took over. They said no to BYU. Hawaii said no. Uh, no permission to contact BYU uh, here. So Michael Wadsworth came and walked on. Jay keeps dealing with that after leaving BYU. He had to sit out a year. The graduate transfer, which is becoming the new phenomenon at BYU. This is new. You finish your undergrad degree at BYU or somewhere else, but have a year of eligibility left. Then you can transfer without penalty to another school if you take graduate courses in a field not offered at your previous university. See Matt Carlino going from BYU to Marquette. Jordan Leslie, Harvey Jackson, guys from UTEP and... Nebraska, Keanu Nelson, Stanford, who will play this year and this year only for BYU in that situation. There are three of the four right there. Now the fourth, the RM transfer, the return missionary missionary transfer. You sign with one school, you go on a mission for a couple of years, you come home, decide you want to go somewhere else. This is by far the scenario that has the largest or grandest gray area of the four basic transfer scenarios that we have singled out. Riley Nelson is the example here. And he changed the game. Riley Nelson went to Utah State before his mission. On his mission, decided he wanted to transfer to BYU. He then transfers to BYU uh, and could play. In his case at the time, he could play right away. At the time, after one year away, you became essentially a free agent. Do whatever you want. Max Hall benefited from this. Transferred from Utah, Arizona State. He had to sit out a year. His was a little more complicated for some reason. But Riley Nelson could play right away after his mission in the 09 season for BYU. He was the backup to Max Hall. Essentially, the mission counted as your timeout. Yes. Uh, Two non-participatory seasons. So, or years. So, Riley Nelson changed the game because there were those that felt that BYU illegally recruited him on his mission. Now, I want to explain something right now. Any student athlete can contact any school at any time. Even when they have signed 
a yes. national letter of intent. Jameis Winston could call BYU and Bronco Mendenhall and say, what's up? Do you have a quarterback spot? He could. <laughs> the permission to contact or release has to do with that university contacting the other school to work out admissions and scholarship information. That's what that is. Ultimately, Jameis would find out there are a few crab legs in Provo <laughs> yes. and decide not to come here. He's not coming to BYU. <laughs> but so Riley Nelson changed the game. There's now a nickname, the Riley Nelson rule, where uh, schools uh, can't – you still can't recruit a guy like that, but you are treated like a regular transfer now post-mission – when you send signed the National Letter of Intent. After a year, you're not a free agent, if you will. You still have to sit out you a year st- if you have signed a National Letter of Intent. For example, if Riley Nelson had decided to transfer to BYU now, let's say it was fresh off of a mission, he would have to sit out this next season, no more, and then he could play. No more exemption for the two non-participatory years. Yes. Huh. So that's where the gray area is because there's other things like, oh, di- well, did he sign an NLI in the middle of his mission? Questions about Taysom Hill with Stanford. Yeah, Taysom, bring, well, his is an interesting scenario. Okay, what's a verbal commitment? It's nothing. It's just me saying, you know what, I intend to sign there. You have it. You're not legally bound by the NCAA. Nothing. Ross Oppo at Texas, verbal commitment only. Taysom Hill decided on his mission he was going to go to BYU. He had not signed with Stanford. So then he can come without penalty, come to BYU, and then the 2012 season he plays as the backup and then starts two games. So how much you have to wonder how much of that was premeditated. Like, I, I'm only going to give a verbal agreement in case I change my mind or if something happens. And in Taysom's case, Jim Harbaugh, who's the coach he wanted to play for, yeah. took over for the San Francisco 49ers. So now Taysom has every option he wants without having signed a national letter of intent. Had Taysom actually signed something at Stanford, he would have had to sit out the 2012 season. Think about Ben Olsen. Remember the world recruit that BYU got as a quarterback? Okay. 2002, uh, red shirts that year. Number one high school quarterback in America. Goes on his mission to Canada. He then transfers to UCLA and could play right away. It's different now. And it's different because of Riley Nelson, interestingly enough. So that's, what, that's where it says the return missionary transfer situation among the four basics that we've just laid out. It's so much more complicated yes. than the other ones. There are so many questions within that one, and it all depends on did you sign an official national did letter you sign, of intent? Did you enroll? Did you go to class? You know, uh, Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It really is. And nowadays, uh, in, to go D1 to D1, you're going to end up, in most cases, I mean, it's, like I said, it's complicated. I don't even dare read the rule book. It's... No way, man. Uh, that's what I let compliance do. Then I <laughs> that's just that's com- their job. And then I just ask compliance and questions. Thank you for doing it. It's so complicated now. But basically, D1 to D1, you're going to have to sit out. Even B- if it's after a mission now. BYU football is transfer heavy. No matter how which of the scenarios are involved, there are a ton of players on this football team this year that have the distinction of being a transfer. And if you're on a – yes. And you, if you are on a mission, what the, the, the permission to contact – that's for the school. Like any any missionary out there that wants to play for any school could say, "Hey, mom, can you contact that school?" Or, "Hey, mission president, can you help me with this?" That happens all the time. Uh, I saw that Jake Murphy yesterday with the Raiders was a BYU uh, commit before his mission. He signed with BYU before his mission. Then on his mission, he decided he was going to go to BYU. Allegedly, BYU didn't have a scholarship for him. Whatever, something happened. He went to Utah. Free agent deal. But he said that his mission president helped him get to Utah. That happens. How dare that mission president do something nice for his missionary? 
Yeah, I enrolled in classes the last semester of my mission because I was coming home in December for January. I got to help from my mission president to just assist in that process. If a person wants to contact a school, they can. It's when that school initiates the contact, that's when there's a problem. Exactly. If that, that doesn't That ha- is the issue. It's only about the initiation of the contact. That's it. Trans- Once they're talking, they're talking. Transfers happen, people, and my spidey senses tell me that a stat of the day is coming on. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 19. You always expected to have at least 19 transfers on its roster this fall. I've got 14 that are JUCO uh, and then five that are D1. A couple of those graduate transfers. 19 of the football players are a transfer of some sort. That's a big number. 18%. That's a and, good chunk I mean, that of could your go, team. Drew Riley, Michael Wadsworth, uh, there have been a couple guys that had to sit out a year. D1 to D1. Colorado State, Hawaii. Hey, keep your tweets coming. We were talking about rivalries and transfers. What qualifies a rivalry as great? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Let's uh, read a quick tweet right now. At Sam Farnsworth 11. Says, close finishes, not lopsided series, proximity of schools, passionate fan bases, just a few things. Check, 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 and check. All four right there between BYU and Utah. Let's scan the rest of our BYU Sports Nation beat for other trending topics. Jamal Williams named to another watch list. They, they continue. How many watch lists are there, by the way? Uh, the College Football Performance Awards Running Back Trophy Watch List. <laughs> One of 48 running backs. 40 running backs. Devin Mahina, BYU tight end, named to the John Mackey Award Watch List. One of 40 tight ends. BYU will see another of those tight ends. Wyatt Houston up at Utah State. That's the only other tight end uh, that BYU will face. Edward Fusi on the Remington Watch List. People announcing that today. He got named to that May 19th, people. That's old news. <laughs> it already happened. You might as well throw it in there with the rest Taysom of them. Taysom Hill just to on the college people. football performance thing. Well, you mentioned that like Thursday. Yes. Men's soccer final home match tonight against Albuquerque, 930 Eastern. They're playoff bound. You can watch it live on YouTube. Up next, we discuss the rivalry and the transfer business that is taking over in college football. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's pronounced Bidness. Bidness. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. It airs weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143. Simulcast on BYU TV in crystal clear radio vision. Transfers are complicated, man. We, We just tried to simplify that conversation for everybody, the four types of transfers. The return missionary one is so complicated. <laughs> it is so complicated. It's, it's massive. It's, I mean, there are people who play minor league baseball, go to the military. That's rare, right? There's just not that many. And then there's return missionaries, which are BYU has the uh, most to do with that. Utah, Utah State, other schools are doing this type of thing. Uh, but when they, when they decide to transfer, that's where it gets sticky. And a verbal commitment, again, that's just... Yep, I plan on probably signing with you. You heard that sigh from me. Oh, and we, yeah, that, that's and, how I feel when I when I look at the topic. Like, yeah, what and, in the and world? you mentioned you mentioned you know prospective student athletes who can't mention their names until they sign. That's the same with high school kids for us. Like, verbal yeah, we commi- are BYU, and so because we are affiliated with that, we are we have to abide by sign, the NCAA rules. We, we do when they sign. We do an hour long show, and Bronco breaks it down in February. Yes, 
and nobody else that's, has that. That's when we can that, do it. That's what we do. Joining us now, David Nixon, BYU TV analyst, former BYU linebacker, great, a guy who spent four seasons in the NFL. Welcome back to the show, David. We're talking about uh, transfers and sometimes how it's uh, a complicated, very unique situation. Uh, but the one thing I did want to ask you is you're a scholarship player, but you – played with a lot of guys that weren't on scholarship. You played with guys that were transfers. What's the difference between being a scholarship player from the get-go and staying with BYU and then a guy that comes in as a transfer, whether it be as a JUCO or the regular transfer or as a return missionary? What, what did you see when you played here? You know, I think first and foremost it's that relationship. I think that relationship that you've created with the coaches during the whole recruiting process, that, you know, that lengthy process like you guys were just mentioning all throughout high school, they've been writing you letters, they've been visiting your home. So you create this relationship. They, they, they've watched plenty of games on you. They're excited. They, they kind of plan on you coming up to the system. And then you contrast that with maybe a JUCO guy that pops on the radar, only been on the radar for a couple months. They offer him, and boom, he's there that next, uh, the next month or two. Um, so it's a pretty, I think it's just a faster process with those JUCO guys, which oftentimes maybe that trust and, and maybe that familiarity with, with the player itself isn't quite there. So it takes a, just a, maybe a little longer to acclimate and uh, become more familiar with the program, with the coaches, and, and with the other players. David, what's the role of transfers in BYU football? Well, you know, you look at BYU and, and what we've done with walk-ons, um, but then transfers, you know, I was going racking my brain about guys who contributed, and there's quite a lengthy list. I mean, imagine you guys have already touched on Max Hall and Riley Nelson, those type of guys. But The last three quarterbacks. Exactly, exactly. And then you look at guys like Colby Clawson, he was a snow guy. Andrew Rich, Cameron Jensen who came from Ricks, Jason Beck, who, who didn't get a lot of playing time, but now he's a coach. He came from College of the Canyons. Nate Mickle. Uh, was a snow. Kelly Papinga, who's also a coach now, came from Utah State. Um, Sete Aulai, who was a key part in, uh, as an offensive lineman in the center, uh, came from a junior college, El Camino. So you start going down the list, and, and there are a ton of guys that transferred to BYU and became contributors. And, and so I think you know that's one of BYU's pitches is, hey, look, you come here, you're not going to ride the pine. If, if you're the best player, and that's always been Broncos' philosophy, if, you will, if you're the best player, you will be on the field. And, and he doesn't care if you're a walk-on, as we've seen with guys like you know, Ben Criddle, Kale Buchanan, who, who came on um, as, as walk-ons and started as corner. Uh, you know, who, whoever the best player is will be on the field, and, and it doesn't matter if you're a scholarship, walk-on, transfer, whatever it is. Um, he's going to put the best 11 on the field at one time. What I want to know, David, is when a player decides on another Division One school, and then whether they go on a mission or they just talk to friends or, or whatever – BYU seems to be a viable option, and there's this one clear understanding that, look, I, I want to be a man. I, I want to grow up. What does that mean? What do they want to get at BYU that they cannot get somewhere else, that so they have to be there? Well, I, I think a lot of it, is obviously, is the, the whole mission aspect. I think these young men go on missions, maybe previously to go on a mission, they you know, sign with a different university thinking they had something better to offer them. And they get out on these missions, and they realize that uh, other things are more important in life than just football. And, and, and that was – one of the big criteria for me when I was deciding where to go coming out of high school, I said, well, look, football's only essentially four months out of the year when you're playing games. The rest of the eight months of the year, you have to live a normal life, and you have to enjoy being around the people that share the same values and are interested in the same things you are. So for me, that's what made BYU stand apart and maybe want to come um, up to Utah. And I think that's what guys on these missions realize. Look, if I go back to a certain university, there's going to be guys that maybe don't hold the, you know, share the same values, and they're out partying and drinking, and that's not really what I'm into anymore. Um, and uh, I need to find a place that uh, I fit in better, and, and I think that's why BYU is so appealing to so many of these return missionaries. 
but then also to a lot of these guys that are transferring from uh, junior college. I, I, I sat next to on the plane with uh, Devon Blackman on his way up from um, L.A. up here to Provo a month ago, and we talked the entire time. And he said the reason I chose BYU, obviously Jamal was here, who's his cousin, and um, you know he's familiar with him. But he said I just want to be in a good environment. I think BYU is the right place. Um, I, you know, I want to grow personally, and, and I think this is a perfect fit. And we talked about BYU for a whole hour and a half and what to expect and how to, how to manage everything as, as a non-member of, 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 the, of the LDS Church. And um, it was a great conversation. And, you know, BYU, I think, appeals to, to a lot of guys other than just return missionaries. It, it has a lot to offer. David, how quickly can a transfer gain the trust of Bronco Mendenhall and the coaches and then have an impact on a season, especially if they enroll for the summer semester and basically have – a month and a half before fall camp. Well, it's tough, especially when you, like you said, when you come in that summer semester where, uh, you know, the coaches can't have a, a you know, a hands-on experience with you. Um, they have to rely on, on the leaders of the team to kind of report to them of, you know, who, who's there, who's working hard, whatever it may be. So it's a little tougher when you, you know, as you get further on the summer, but, um, you know, I, 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 once again, it comes down to entering into fall camp and if you go out there, and this is exactly what's on the bond, if you go out there and you play hard and you leave everything out there, um, then the coaches will realize, you know, they'll, they'll take notice. It shows up on the film that you're working hard, that you're putting the extra work, and that you're maybe running to the ball and uh, you're hustling harder than, than other guys. And, and Bronco's that type of guy, as everyone knows. He, he's a guy that he prizes teams on, on hustling and, and hard work and grinding it out. And if you can be one of those type of players, you'll show up on the film quickly. And, and once again, he's – He's fair to, to give whoever is the best player and, and, the, and the person that fits in the scheme the best, he'll give him a shot. Along those lines, walk-on tryouts, uh, I believe, are kind of in the middle of fall camp, maybe near the end. Some of those guys end up contributing on a team. The preferred walk-ons uh, are hopefully in camp, but some guys make it late. When, when do those guys get integrated, and how, hard is it, how much harder is it for them to actually uh, make an impact? Yeah, that that one's pretty tough. I mean, they, they usually have walk-on tryouts, you know, twice a year. I think I believe in February. I might be wrong, but at the beginning of the winter semester, and then again right before fall camp. Um, and the guys that are able to get on in, in the winter semester, they have the whole off season to work with the guys in the program, and uh, then they they might have a shot. But these guys coming on late, it's going to be tough. Most likely, they'll probably be scout team guys. Which, at the end of the day, I mean. You have to have scout team guys to give you a good look and, and, and to get a feel for the opposing offensive defense. So they play definitely play an integral part in, in, the, in the team. But, uh, you know, that's once again is your time to, to shine. You, you look at um, uh, Cam, um, quarter, the quarterback, Stewart. Christian uh, Stewart. Yeah, Christian Stewart. I, I almost drew a blank there. Christian Stewart, he was a scout team guy. When I was there, he was our scout team quarterback, and, and he ripped us apart. And uh, he, he was a great athlete, and I think that's what led to him. You know, of course, he transferred, but then I think the coaches remembered this guy was a stud, and, and when he came back, you know, obviously we see him now as a second stringer. So, um, you know, it, it, it all the, the going out there and, and kind of showing coaches your stuff, and, and when these scout team guys have the opportunity, you go out there and, and you play hard, and uh, once again, you show up on film, and uh, the coaches will eventually reward you. David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking transfers on a Tuesday. That is our topic du jour. 
David, I, I had an experience on my mission. I obviously was not uh, a football player, an athlete that had intentions to come and play BYU football, even though I may have wanted to at one point. You, you, should, you should have been. So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yes. No, I shouldn't have. Uh, but I did have this elaborate plan in my mind of what I was going to do, and it did not involve BYU at all. I had no intentions before my mission of going to BYU, one, because I didn't think I could get in, and I had this dream that I wanted to go play junior college basketball somewhere. And, and <laughs> Hey, settle down. Settle down, Jerem. I broke your ankles. Uh, okay. No, no. My <laughs> and, ankle braces were firmly in place. But on my mission, I had the little bug put in my ear from, from some of the missionaries that I served around. Hey, you should look into BYU if you want to do this and this and this and this. How much of... Uh, when you look at these players, is it that the mission is just recruiting the player and not so much the coach is going out after? And like, because there's all this talk that BYU is illegally recruiting these, these players when they're on their missions. Okay? I feel like the mission recruited me, and it had nothing to do with anything except what I wanted to do. How do you see that scenario for these athletes that are on missions? You know, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think, you know, touch on what I said earlier, I think the, the actual uh, student-athletes themselves, while they're on their missions as missionaries, they realize they want a little something more out of their experience in college. But uh, I can say, I mean, you look at Chad Lewis's story. Chad Lewis was, was a walk on a BYU. and was actually my brother-in-law, who was his mission companion, who, who was a member of the football team. Are you sort of related to every famous BYU athlete now? <laughs> well, when, you, when you're from family of ten, you're, you've got a good chance. So, uh, so you basically yes. But uh, it, it was yeah, it was my brother-in-law Larry Harmer who's the one that convinced Chad to to come walk on, and Chad's open about it. He'll, he'll admit that he was a he was a walk on, and it, it was his mission companion. Uh, Larry Harmer, who's the one that uh, convinced him to come walk on. So I, I think it's probably a mixture of both. I think there are some huge, possibly some uh, mission presidents who are, who are you know, pro BYU, and they might uh, throw in a few words here or there. But uh, I, or, not, get, right? or not, or not. Um, but honestly, I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to the student athlete. I mean, people can say what they want, but the athlete's going to make his own ultimate uh, final decision. Yes. And, and I think that's what we see with, with guys that end up coming here. And if the student athlete reaches out, they have every right to do that. They can do that. Jerry mentioned earlier, Jameis Winston could call BYU right now if he wanted to. I mean, he, he, has, he has the opportunity to do that. That won't happen, but uh, we wanted to reiterate that they have every right to contact whatever school they want, even though it's they're signed who, somewhere else. It's who initiates and when, and it, it, it depends. Like a high school kid, obviously that's different than a return missionary. Let's talk about the BYU-Utah rivalry. Number 12 on uh, NFL.com's 14 for 14 in national college rivalries. Do you think 12 is a good spot or higher, higher or, low in your, lower or in your opinion? Well, first of all, if I'm not mistaken, the picture they have on there, is that Brian Logan and Stiff no, Arm by Jake Murphy? It's, it's not? Preston Hadley. Oh, man, I was about to roast Brian for days. Um, <laughs> you should. You, you should be anyway. like, yeah, it looks like you, Brian. <laughs> you anyway. I, I think we'll still say it is him. I forget <laughs> it. Um, listen, I, I, think it's, I think it deserves probably to be higher. It's interesting. Broncos shared the story a few times, and uh, maybe the listeners have heard this one. But when, when Bronco a few years ago was at one of those Nike camps um, where Nike hosts all the top coaches in the country, he was there with Urban Meyer when Urban was at Florida. And they were all sitting around a table with Bobby Bowden and you know, all these, these big-time coaches. And they were talking about this topic, the rivalry. And uh, Bronco shared with us that, Urban piped up and said, look, you know, being here at Florida, I've been part of, you know, some crazy robberies with, with Miami, with Florida State. Um, he said, but none of them 
none of them hold a candle to the BYU-Utah rivalry. Wow. And he said uh, just the obviously the, the religious ties, the proximity of how close the universities are, um, you, you throw that all in, all the church versus state, whatever you want to call it. When you throw that all that in, he's like, none of the other rivalries are even close to that, that BYU-Utah. And, and I think as, as being a part of it, it, it it's true. I mean, I, I grown up, I grew up with the whole Texas, Texas A&M rivalry, and that, it was heated, it was intense, but it, it didn't get personal like this one does. Um, really? And it, it really. It, I, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the fans, A&M fans, Texas fans kind of just went their way, but, but here guys were rubbing each other's faces for months and months and months. So um, I, I don't know. I, I think it probably – he could be ranked a little higher, but but still, twelve is pretty impressive when you look at the list in front of them with you know FSU, Florida State, or Florida and Notre Dame, USC, and Florida State, Miami. I mean, there there's some Alabama, Auburn. There, there's some pretty intense rivalries there. But uh, yeah, I, you know, being a part of the rivalry, it was it was a blast. And, and <clears throat> growing up in Texas, where I wasn't really uh, a part of it here, living here in Utah, I quickly became uh, accustomed to how intense it was. If you could pick one moment from the rivalry when you were here. Uh, what would it be that stuck out in your mind between BYU and Utah? Man, it, I mean, it's probably the obvious, the obvious point. It has to be 2006. I Find mean, the, 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 the back to Harley. I mean, you, I remember um, at the end of the game, whenever we were, you know, the last play of the game, Brian Kill, Kelly Pepina and I were all on the far end of the sideline holding hands like little girls. And uh, <laughs> we were just we were hoping for something to happen. And when that happened, we all threw our helmets up in the air, and they rolled all the way over to the U sideline. And uh, so we went and celebrated, and then we kind of went over there and grabbed them, and we're like, sorry about that, and kept kept uh, <laughs> kept celebrating. But that has to be – I mean, but it, it's tough because that, that year to, to Max to Colley was fourth and 18. I mean, there's no way you're getting a first down. And sure enough, you know, McCain bites on the double move. and Hey, magic and, uh, happens, man. Magic happens. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there are some excellent uh, memories to, to hang your hat on, but uh, – you know, ho- hopefully, obviously, the next few years we won't have the the, the chance to have that uh, that rivalry, but hopefully there'll be many more to come. When, t- tell me that this game is better than Oregon, Oregon State. I'm looking at the list right now. Oregon, Oregon State's 11, BYU's 12. Come on. <laughs> I, listen, I think every school could probably argue this, saying, "Look, our rivalry is much better." But uh, at the end of the day, we made the top 14, so I, I think it warrants some uh, some press for sure. When did it get personal? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because amongst players, um, like Brian Johnson and I were became good buddies. He's from Texas, um, and we, we'd see each other at these, you know, functions, whatever it may be, and we end up becoming, um, you know, we, we would talk to each other, and I wouldn't say buddies and I, we were calling each other, but it, it was cordial. And, and, and I think amongst players, you look at guys like Jake Murphy, who, you know, I helped recruit to BYU, and, and then this past year he was living in my apartment complex. He's in my ward with me, and, and we talked, you know, uh, almost weekly. So In Salt Lake? Uh, in Salt Lake, yeah. And so, um, you know, there there are these – a lot of players know. They maybe grew up with guys at certain high schools. And so I think amongst the players it's still heated, but I honestly do think the fans take it to a, to a whole different level and – uh, kind of blow it out of proportion. But at the same time, that's what college sports are all about. That, that's what robberies are fun. Yeah, it, it makes it fun. And uh, it's just when it gets personal, it's probably a little bit over the top. But if you can kind of keep it uh, harnessed, that, that excitement and that, and that, uh, that fun about the robbery, then, then it really is a good time. David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. Great stuff on the rivalry and on transfers. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, guys. Take care.
Use the hashtag BYUSN to join our conversation. Our Twitter question today is, what qualifies a rivalry as great? Great responses coming in. Speaking of great, we'll get to some more of those next. Plus, break down more of this transfer talk. Maybe debate where this rivalry fits in among the best in college football. Top 10, baby. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're still live in Studio B. Steel? Steel. Not, yeah, actually it's still and not steel. We constantly have this battle of like, okay, pronounced, pronounce Phil Steele's name correctly. Phil Big Steel. Deal. Deal. Uh, Real. Northern Utah. <laughs> it's, it's not just Northern Utah, it's the Intermountain West. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's, that is not relegated to the borders of Utah. Uh, my name is Spencer Linton, and that is Jerem Jordan. You like how I put the emphasis on that T? I did. That is... It's, it's July 8th. We're is... a couple weeks away from what we should call summer camp, but oh, it's fall man. camp. Like 20-some-odd days. It's exciting. The, the first day is, like, crazy exciting. You're just out there. You're like, yes, watching the new roster. This is the team that BYU is going to field. And then you realize a couple days in that it's pr- still just practice. And there's a month of that, but it's very exciting. But is still. there not more anticipation for this yes. year's practice because of today's topic, transfers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there are significant newcomers for BYU. I, I, I don't recall recently uh, like a whole position group like the receivers that is brand new where you're like, well, we'll see what we get How from these guys. How about watching those receivers go against what I believe is the deepest defensive backfield BYU has ever had? And I, still have, and I still have questions there, you know. How, how good is Trent Trammell off uh, an injury and Jordan Johnson? How like, good like is Trevor Bateman, who David Nixon said will start at some point this season? Brian Logan is huge on Sam Lee, yeah. a transfer. It's An, another transfer. It's really we, exciting. We talked about. We're, I think we're 24 days away from the opening of fall camp. And that's why I mentioned David uh, to David Nixon. With tra- I've never had to sneeze on this show. I just had the urge to sneeze all of a sudden. <laughs> you should do it, man. I've never. You have. We, it, it is an open enough format of a show that you can do that. I repelled it so hard in my, in my face. I was like, no, this will not happen. <laughs> Cloudy with a chance of meatballs, too. He, like, sucks the tears back into his face or whatever. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Sadly, I do. BYU has, uh, I asked David Nixon, like, how quickly can transfers integrate and play? Because there's a thing with any team is, okay, you do it our way, and it takes a while to figure that out. There's a reason that Sky Pove played safety last year. BYU trusted him. Yes, there were injuries, but BYU trusted him because he's a, he knows the system and it's, Plays well to what the coaching staff Cerebr- wanted. Cerebrally, he was, th- he was where they wanted him to Is be. Is he the most talented guy in BYU secondary? No, but the guys worked really hard to become go from a walk-on to a scholarship player. So now you bring in a guy like Harvey Jackson, and we're like sharpying him in to starting safety, right? That's not necessarily the case initially. It might take a little while. I think, though, when BYU rolls out the team against Connecticut, he's the starter. Who are but the that first yeah. practice, there's no way he's the first teamer. No way. Har- Nick Kurtz was not a starter out of spring. It's at hard receiver. to imagine that Harvey Jackson, who started at least four games, I believe, for the University of Nebraska in the could Big Ten. Could not overtake Sky Pove. Could not be the starting cat to replace that's, Daniel Sorensen. That's no disrespect to Pove. It's I, more about oh, Jackson. I'm so excited to see who the starting 22 are when it all begins in late August. That's right. Countdown to Connecticut. 53 days. 
Nice. Is it fitty three or fifty three? I think when we do fifty, it can be fitty. Okay. Okay. Let's drop it like it's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ever since I can remember, I've been popping my collar. Fifty three days. I'm now I'm gonna pop my collar just because you said that. I know you love nice. it when I do this. That's so wonderful. And cue and, and cue the boo birds from behind here, the scenes. Here I'll go hipster and button up my top button now. Yeah, <laughs> that's there we go. that's way worse than a popped collar. <laughs> What's worse, the hipster look that Jerem has right now with the all of the buttons buttoned up, or the popped collar? Okay, both are bad. I know. Yeah, yep. both are bad. We're playing into so many stereotypes. What, what right is now. worse? We're talking <laughs> transfers. And now let's talk about the rivalry a little bit, Jerem. BYU and Utah, number 12 in NFL.com's 14 for 14 best college football rivalries. My initial reaction to this was 12. And, and I go off this because when I watch ESPN, when I watch guys like Reese Davis and Chris Fowler, and they, you know, they bust out, they, they call it the, the holy war, and they make it a big deal, Okay. They, they're huge on this rivalry, and we just heard that great story from David Nixon about big-time college football. You still football. have your collar popped, and I still have mine. Yeah, I yeah. do. Okay. I do. We're rolling So with this. let's go. Uh, we be rolling. Big-time big college football personalities <laughs> say that, that this rivalry is on par with the best of the best. So number 12. It's, it's not it's, the it's best behind, of the best. It's, it's behind it's, Cal Stanford. When was Cal good the last time? It's because of that 1982 game when they run over the band member. Okay, I feel like that game has given that rivalry so much. Was it a tuba? I think it's in the it's, college yeah, football. The, it, yeah. Yes. Listen, let's, so let's, much traction. let's name them and then tell me if it's better than this. Okay. Number one, Alabama, Auburn. Tops, no easy, argument. no argument for us. Close second, maybe 1B, Michigan, Ohio State. Okay, great. Michigan. Oklahoma, Texas. Red River Rivalry. That's a great Red River Rivalry. That's a great, great game. Not shootout. Army, Navy. That one is so unique. That, that has to be top five. That one's like BYU-Utah in that it's different than everybody It else. has to be top five. That's like the nation's rivalry right there. Okay. Florida, Florida State. That's a great one. Two so much talent really on the good field. teams, except for Florida last year. Notre Dame, USC. No, that this should not be has, number six. This one has fallen. This one has fallen because in recent, the last couple of years, uh, USC and Notre Dame, not at the same level. Can you tell me Notre the Dame last was in the national great title Notre game, Dame still. USC game? It was the Bush push. You know when that was? Yeah. 2005. Oh, five, yeah. 2005. Was, okay, Florida State, Miami. Miami's taking a dip, but that's still a great rivalry. That that is a brawl. I don't know if I get that number seven. I don't know if I yeah, put that not over number seven. Like number eight's Florida Georgia. Florida Georgia. I don't, I don't think Florida State Miami is better than Florida Georgia right now. Yeah. Number nine, Clemson South Carolina. Heated rivalry. That's a good one. Woo. That's a good one. Cal Stanford okay, number ten. Here, that's that's one no. where I'm like, okay, BYU Utah. BYU is is better than that. If at least on par, if not better than that, because of what has happened, like over the last. Think about the last twenty years. Yeah. And then who's or- watching it nationally? If you're going to watch, you're going to watch Cal Stanford. If Cal is bad, and yeah, because sta- Stanford's ranked top ten. That's why you Stanford's going to b- blow them out by forty. Or are you going to watch two competitive teams that ESPN are plugging and are super high on? Like that, that game's going to get more pub because it's on an ESPN network and not the Pac-12 network. Oregon, Oregon State. Okay. That, See, you're that, from the Northwest, so you have an argument here. Well, I think BYU-Utah's right there with it. I, I get what it means to that state, the Civil War. That's do a great USC name. I love and, the names of these, Do by USC the way. and Notre names. Dame hate each other? I don't think so. No. It's great uniforms, it's just, great tradition. tradition. But what that and that plays into the the uh, Twitter question today. What makes a rivalry great? They don't have proximity. I, th- I think the more hate, the better. What? <laughs> the more we should disdain, love one another. The more disdain. Yes, yeah. it's it's comp- competition in sports. 
But it's different than actual hate. Like, not helping someone fix a tire on the side of the road is different than, like, the rivalry in BYU-Utah, for me, in college football today, is at least 9 or 10. Perhaps they Although got jumped down a couple of spots because yeah. of the hiatus. Although, if, if it's a guy wearing Utah stuff, I might not be as eager to stop and help him. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Oregon-Oregon State, BYU-Utah, the ones above this, UCLA-USC. BYU-Utah ranked ahead of UCLA-USC. This USA. is a perfect Good Samaritan situation. You see a Utah <laughs> fan bloodied and beaten laying on the road. Beaten? Different. In Provo. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? Minnesota, Wisconsin, number 14. Paul Bunyan's X! I like that game. That's I w- fun. I wish BYU and Utah had a legit trophy. Like, the old wagon wheel is for Utah and Utah State, right? The beehive boot, BYU, all Utah schools technically. And the wagon wheel. The Deseret Duel doesn't do it for me, right? I, I want some object. Like, I love Minnesota, Wisconsin. When the other team gets Paul Bunyan's axe and they're like chopping down the field goal post, you ready for I love some? It. You ready for some truth? The nation cares more about USC UCLA, which is number thirteen, than USC Notre Dame, which is number six. Yeah, it's because the teams recently have been ranked better. You want good teams playing each other and proximity. They're ranked. They're in the same city. Okay, it's Battle That's- Los Angeles. Not the movie that came out a couple years ago it was not that good. Although I went and saw it. It's traditionalist. There were some traditionalists certainly involved in putting this list together to make that number Terrible six. photo, too. Yeah, Brian Logan slash Preston Hadley getting owned. <laughs> Maybe it is Brian Logan. <laughs> I don't know who it I is. I think it's Preston Hadley. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to confirm that with both of them. I can't tell. Both friends. We love you both. Our Twitter question today, what qualifies a rivalry is great. Continue to send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. Up next, it's time to play... Big deal, no deal. Such Did a, I say it correctly? Yes, but it takes such an effort. Big deal, <laughs> no deal. <laughs> Would you rather what I get it pickle? right and be precise? What kind of pickles do you want on your burger, dude? <laughs> Keep it in. Sweet. Woo, Radio Vision. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, sponsored in part by National Processing, credit card processing for your business needs. Breaking news. Okay, this just in. At almost every day, I check the actual number of Countdown to Connecticut just to make sure. You know, it's like the day before we did it, so I remember. Are you sure? Okay. Okay. I just okay. I just checked. We saw a tweet. We saw a tweet from Jeterius Manu Maliona. I believe this is the younger brother of Ethan Manu Maliona. It might not be that. Guys, if we leave LES today, walk from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. daily. We'll make it to Rentschler Field by game time. Then he says, hashtag... 52 days. We said 53. Is it 52 or 53? And I just checked, and we got it wrong. It's oh, 52. No. <laughs> Countdown to Connecticut. 52 days. We said we were going to say 50. No, that's that's 50. When we get 250, oh. it's just 50. Well, that, it's only 50. Okay, I got you. Are you sure it's 52? Yeah, I just punched it in timeanddate.com, my go-to. Are you sure it's, your emo collar is not affecting the blood cells so, getting to your brain? I'm so emo right now. With all your buttons July up. 8th to August 29th is 52. 52 days. For the first time, we messed up the count. Out of 238, of. I want to hang my head in shame. And I will... <laughs> You should pop your collar in shame. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> How do we mess that up? We have yet to run a, a countdown to Connecticut retraction. 
Oh my good grief! Hey, we have Fail! a we have a promo that's going to run on BYU TV and BYU Radio. You will love it. That's it is, it's the it... origins of Countdown to Connect. <laughs> we were depressed after <laughs> football season was over, <laughs> so we opted to come up with something that would help us count it down. <sighs> and that's what we have done. We mess up, but not like that. Yes. Uh, okay. You know what we should do right now? Play Big Deal. Yep. Big Deal. National processing sponsorship of Big Deal, No Deal is a big deal. Credit card processing for your business needs. Number one. Big Deal, No Deal. The BYU-Utah rivalry ranked 12th by NFL.com. This is a big deal because BYU is behind games like Oregon-Oregon State and Stanford-Cal and USC-Notre Dame, which is not a rivalry anymore. It's a traditional football game. With cool uniforms. Touche. But it's not a rivalry. Okay, BYU needs to be in the top 10 at least. I have them at least at number 10, maybe number 9, because they're ahead of those three games that I just listed. No deal. I knew they'd be on this list around there, whatever. Yeah, it's cool that they're on the list. Yeah, great. Whatever. Awesome. Number two. Big deal, no deal. The college football award watch lists, all Uh, of them. (laughs) (laughs) And there are many. (laughs) No deal. Because there are so many. There are so many of them. And there are a ton of players. I just I feel like if you're on a watch list, yeah, that, that's cool. But because there are so cool many beans. players involved, like you, you can't place a ton of emphasis on that. I, if, I want you to be one of the top ten finalists. Like, does the season progress? If you're on one of those lists, like halfway through the season, you're, you're on the list. You're, okay. Yep, that's a big deal. Yeah. No deal. There are 15... You know, uh, over this and next week, not to mention the College Football Performance Awards, not to mention your mother's blog spot that she's going to have a bunch of awards as well that will come out. Uh, yeah, no deal. It's it's cool. It's cool, but no deal. The Christine Linton uh, Award Watchlist blog. It's it's great. Guess what? In July, <laughs> it's a big deal. In the other months, it's not a big deal. Number three. Big deal, no deal. BYU soccer clinches playoff spot. Playoffs? This is a big deal because BYU soccer has not been there in, what, six years? Yes, this is semi-professional yep. Yep. soccer. Yep. We're talking about college kids that are competing with semi-pros and succeeding to get to the playoffs. That's a big deal. No deal. I called it before the season. I said oh, on this show geez. that they would make the play. No, I didn't do that. No, it's a big deal that they make the playoffs. Only it, Although... They're in their division. There are only five teams. Every other d- division, it seems like there are more teams, although they have played well. There's this group of return missionaries that's come back and been really good, none of which I guess transferred. I don't know. Uh, but it's been good. They're going to they're gonna play in the playoffs, I believe, next week. <laughs> Number four. Big deal, no deal. Brazil versus Germany in the World Cup semis. Uh, no deal. The United States is not involved. It's a great soccer game, but the United States is out. And for me, that just makes it less exciting. It's like when BYU is in the NCAA tournament. They win a couple of games. Like It's so much more exciting when your team is involved. I love to watch great soccer, and I'll still watch the game. But for me, it's just kind of mm, because the U.S. is out. Por que você es loco? You would this say is that. a big deal. You would say that because you went to Brazil this on your mission. A, this is a big deal. Brazil and Germany. I would two, say two, two starters out in, the in Brazil. They haven't lost a competitive home game since like '75, and now they risk that in the semis. And their nation, national pride, depends on this. Yeah, and Neymar's injured, so you U- can't watch the most exciting player for Brazil to the United States. People, not necessarily. This is a huge deal to the world. The world will be watching this. We're asking me, not the world. Good for you. <laughs> Number five. 
Big deal, no deal. A couple of show hosts failing at being cool. <laughs> what what uh, show are you referencing? I can't believe you would talk about something like that. Uh, yeah, my, my popped collar. Listen, okay. this, listen, this is who I am now. What's worse? Like the mustache. We're not, trying, we're not saying it's cool. We're not saying that it's cool. We're just, we're just trying to figure out what's worse, the popped collar or the emo look with the buttons all the, the way loser. up the top. The <laughs> loser. Okay, I believe we have a tweet coming in on this. Uh, yes, at McMinn5, naturally. Apparently, Anthony <laughs> Michael Hall and Cheech Marin <laughs> are hosting BYU Sports Nation today. Hashtag wardrobe malfunction. This is who I am. Like, are you going <laughs> to... Oh. Hashtag wardrobe malfunction. Listen, The Rock has given me a hard time last week for not dressing up enough, and now I present this. This is, this is me. Hashtag Except six- me for who I am. You don't even know me. I, I love the movie 16 Candles, by the way. Anthony Michael Hall is the man. We're back with the Cougar Whip around after this. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. 53 day, 52 days. Nailed it. Yeah. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Jamal Williams named to the College Football Performance Awards running back trophy watch list. No batteries included. Purchase necessary. One of 40 running backs on that list. Deb Mahina named to the Mackey Award watch list. Hey, May 19th, Edward Fusi was named to the Remington watch list for some for best center. Somehow that came out uh, today. And then uh, Taysom Hill has been named to the College Football Performance Award quarterback trophy watch list as well. Also, Athlon Sports. <laughs> Named the top 30 non-conference games in 2014. BYU uh, has two games on that list at Texas and Boise State. High five for that, dude. Sports. Cougars in the association. Yes. D- Brandon Davies not participating with the 76ers at the Orlando Summer League, but is on the 76ers roster for the Las Vegas Summer League. The 76ers Vegas Summer League team begins play Saturday against the Utah Jazz. Soccer. Was Ben underwater when he said the one before that? Kind of BYU plays that. its final home game tonight versus Albuquerque, the Breaking Bands, uh, at 9.30 Eastern. Watch the game on YouTube. Cougars have already clinched a playoff spot for since 08. Golf. BYU's Maria Yakaman and Annie Yang are on the All-American Scholar Team. Congratulations, ladies. Thursday on the show, Daniel Sorensen checking in from Kansas City. Monday, Brian Rise and Kill. Show. Rise and Shout goes to BYU Men's Soccer for making the playoffs. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need help. DexterLaw.com. Absolutely. Thanks to our guests today, David Nixon and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout oh, out it. to Vice Sikahema. BYU Sports Nation, back to work tomorrow.